Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it's I, Heather Biederman for Liberty Librarian. How y'all doing? Hope you're having a great week. It is Thursday. You are more than halfway through this long week. This is such a long week that even winter began, and it's only supposed to be fall here in Minnesota. It's just like heart-wrenching, heartbreaking. And my, I'm not sure how much longer I will have peace and quiet right now because my cats are both sitting here staring at me like, little sharks. I fed them. I don't know what else they could want. I really honestly don't. But I am here and that is all that counts. Hey, so we're getting to the end of October and I just wanted to go through a couple things. Um, tonight I'm going to talk a little bit about NaNoWriMo, which is next month. Um, the National Novel Writing Month is November. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, some opportunities for writing that you might have and um yeah i can see here i'm gonna steal your plastic this is this is the evil culprit i'll put it under some stuff um and, oh now he's gonna dig at something else cats what can you do maybe he'll just lay down we'll, we'll see he just wants attention really bad here i'm gonna grab him really quick i'm gonna give you a, the story of rory really quick because if he's going to be like this, he's going to be on there. So tomorrow, this guy's going to the vet, and he's getting his teeth cleaned. He doesn't know it. And he has been nothing but naughty since I got home from work. And all he wants is attention and naughtiness. So that ain't going to happen, I hope. But we'll see. I also put away his sister's food bowl so he won't eat it and throw up during the show. Because he likes to do that every now and then. When you just snarf it all down. So that cat is not going to be having a good next day. So we'll see how it goes. And I see my husband's coming home right now. And it's just that kind of day. That kind of week. So we had an ice storm today here in Minnesota. This is not normal for Minnesota kind of weather. We usually have beautiful fall leaves right this time of year. But um, a couple days ago we had a snowstorm. Um, some parts of Minnesota had nine inches of snow. We had about, I'd say four or five, you know, depending, but that's a lot for mid October. It's quite crazy. And, you know, it's not what any of us really want. I have a couple friends who love winter and they love it hard because it's like super fun for them and they must, they have a lot of dogs. So I always imagine that they'd be going on a, like, a dog sled team and that kind of thing. But this morning when I was driving through an ice storm, I didn't really enjoy that. So that was uh, my first, you know, usually I don't get this feeling about winter until like, I don't know, January, February, but today definitely was one of those like uh, winter can suck it. 
I really am. I'm already done with it and it hasn't even begun. And I haven't even gotten to the part of winter where you're like, oh, it's so pretty. And, you know, like around Christmas time, it's nice because it's beautiful and lovely. And no, screw this shit. I'm done with winter already. Let's go somewhere warm. Okay. Yeah, I know. My husband's like, whoa, it, tell it like it is. I'm gonna. So that I got that going for me. And um, there, there's a lot of like, you know what the budget stuff going on in our whole country. Um, there's a lot of nervousness in schools and colleges and universities about layoffs. And knock on wood, I've been uh, spared this, but um, everyone is very nervous right now. And my school is no exception. So um, it's all chitter chatter kind of stuff where people won't really talk about it out in the open. But um, it's it's things like that that, you know, kind of raise the tension level. And, you know, and also, I will say, I'm a, I've been on a diet for the last, like, month and a half. And it's... You know that I hate diets. I hate I hate doing all that stuff. Like we we talked about it, but I like being healthy, so I've been working at it. And this month I decided to start doing a sober October, and that's gonna probably go into November since I started a couple like a week and a half late. But what came today? Look at what I got. I got something, and you're like, no, Heather, don't drink a beer. It's not a beer. It's a non-alcoholic beverage. It's called hop tea, and this is um, zero calories, zero sugar. Let's see if I can read. It's darker in here. Um, it has no fat, no sodium, no carbs, no sugar, no added sugar, no protein, nothing. It's basically like carbonated water, but it's um, brewed like a beer. And it has, um, this one is called um, Hop Tea. And it's by a company called Hoplark. So I got a couple different ones. And um, this one is the calm one. Because I feel like after my stressful day today at work, I wanted to try the chamomile one. But um, there is one that's like a, uh, there's a more hopped up one. Like an, almost like an IPA. Um, there's one that's... Um, I mean, I could almost just grab them. There's four of them that I got. Here, I'll go grab them so you can see it really quick. I should have been more prepared. Okay. Sorry about that. So, I got four kinds. The one that I got was a calm one, which is a chamomile, and I'm going to drink that now. And I also got a sparkling, um, this is the really hoppy one, it's called the black tea one. And so this one's supposed to be like the more like the IPA. And this one's a green tea one, and it's got mosaic hops. So I'm kind of excited to try that, see what that one's like. I love green tea, so hoping I like that one a lot. And this is a white tea one. And I think that one had a citra hops in it, or where does it say? I saw it somewhere. It's like really light. It says lemon, lemon, lemon drop, and gosh, it's so tiny. Kim, I got <laughs> look at it, I got glasses just for this, just for this occasion, because old re, old people reading. 
Um, oh, Simcoe. It's on that purple with on black, so it's kind of hard to see. So, yes, that's the white one. And the green one has mosaic cops, obviously. I think I just said that. And this, um, the really hoppy one has citra hops and Simcoe. And the one I'm drinking will be citra hops, which I, is always delicious, really. Um, honestly, I'm really super excited to try these. I'm going to open up right now. I just got it today. I'm so excited. My friend Kara told me about these because she knew that I've been like craving a beer. I love beer, but I'm trying really hard to be good this month. I want to be healthy. So let's see what it looks like. It's bubbly. It looks more like a water to me. I was hoping for like a yellow color to it, but this one is very clear. It's got a hint of yellow to it and it's very bubbly. What smells like beer? Mmm. Oh, okay. I get it. It's more like, it's like halfway between, you know, it's like an iced tea. Not sweet, though. And hoppy. That's kind of good. Okay. I, I'm, I'm happy with this purchase. Mmm. That's very refreshing. Actually, I bet you in the summer this would be very delightful. And if you're someone who's missing beer, this is a better option than even the NA beers, which have carbs and are, um, they taste more like beer, but they also cause some of the problems. Like if you're trying to lose weight or, you know, really want to get more away from beer, this is a good option. Now I'm super excited to try the super hoppy one because I think that one's going to be like more like beer and I probably like it even better. But that's weird. Yeah. And then with the chamomile, I like that. It's that, um, that very uh, floral relaxing kind of feeling. So it's all of these things together. The, the relaxation that comes from a, having a beer, the relaxation that comes from having a chamomile tea and my everyday experience of, you know, I drink a lot of um, LaCroix type water. I get the, all these um, knockoff ones. So those are like half as much and they only have a couple flavors, but they are just as good. So if you can like get into all these, if you like LaCroix, get those because that is tasty. But so this, this is um, out of Colorado and um, it's that, Hoplark is kind of a newer company. Um, I think they just started last year, right before COVID hit. And um, it's from Boulder, Colorado. And it was established in 2018. So kind of a bad time for them to get started. But if you're looking for a no-calorie um, something to drink, this one is caffeine-free. So you could have this right before bed and not worry about staying up. A couple of them, like I think the black one with the hop, the extra hops has a little caffeine. So it depends on the kind of tea they use. Um, yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, I was hoping for a little more yellow, but I mean, you can see when I hold it up, it's got a little bit of a yellow cast to it. So it, it smells, oh, it smells really good. This chamomile one is just like very relaxing. So hopefully I don't like fall. Oh yeah. The more I drink it, the more I'm like, yeah, the, the hops is definitely there. So it's very um, drinkable 
nice beverage. So if you're looking for an alternative and you are doing Sober October like I am, this might be a good thing so you don't go too crazy. And I kind of like it. Thanks, Kara. Thanks for showing me that. That was a really good find. I can't wait to try that dark one. I think I'm going to like that one the best. But this one is definitely like not, it's not beer, but it's not like something you're like, oh, that's not like that. It feels like I'm drinking a cocktail. You know, like if you hang out with my friend Kara, she makes beautiful, beautiful cocktails. And right now we're on a sweet cocktail kick. But um, I think that I, some of my favorite ones, especially in the summer, are kind of uh, the florals. I think those are very nice and a little more girly. So it's this uh, chamomile one, it smells floral and it's got really good, like gentle, uh, gentle notes, as, as they say, of the citra. Citra is always one of my favorite hops, too. I mean, it's very drinkable and smooth, so... Yum. So that's my plug for that. And I am unpaid, you know. Mm. But I am doing that. So what else is going on? So Sober October is going good. Last week we talked about health. This week um, I remembered that in about 10 days we have a uh, NaNoWriMo, Na National Novel Writing Month. Holy moly, how'd that come up so fast? Crazy pants. Um, I'm not that prepared for it this year. I don't know if it's a pandemic or what, but, um, I have a, a Facebook group, um, that is Liberty NaNoWriMo. So if you are interested in writing with me, um, I'm, I'm the admin of it, but, um, we have one of our illustrious writers and, um, past guests of the Liberty Librarian, Allison Sasbo, um, Sabo, um, she has a book coming out, and I think about uh, January first. I think she said um, it. It's coming out soon. She's waiting to get her hard copy of it, but she wrote a book. I think this. It was inspired last Nanorimo, but she's been working on it the, over the pandemic, um, called the Reenactors Cookbook. So plug for that. Um, I'm going to click on the picture of it. Let's see. And I'll post a link to... Let's get my crap together. Get all my ducks in a row, Heather. Uh, that's the hard part. So this is the book. It'll be on the Amazon store soon. Um, she's working on getting the stuff, but she's going to have a special price of $14.99 and um, from release until January 1st. So um, I think the release is probably going to be next week or the week after, but you should definitely check it out. Um, Allison is an amazing um, historical reenactor and she's just a, a good friend and a nice person in general. And I think you will be loving her stuff. She um, does a lot of stuff with the SCA and um, can cook thing, amazing things over fires and She's one of the people that, in my mind, if uh, society fell apart during the pandemic, which it, it was like, yeah, it could still happen. It's, the year is still got a couple months, you know. It, it's snowing in October, so whatever. Um, she's one of those people that I would say would be a good person to have on your team. You know, they always have, like, who would you pick in an apocalypse? Um, pick the lady who knows how to cook everywhere um, old school and is a good cook, too. 
and a fun person because she she's a writer she's like a smart person she's had lots of life experiences you know all over so that's a good plug for her and i i'm just really excited for her she is uh she just had another book come out too i mean i should you you just look up her page honestly on amazon she's got a lot of good stuff. If I bring that up, maybe I can just show that off really quick. She's got a few good books coming out. And I think um, something like NaNoWriMo would be great. You know, almost everyone has a little bit um, of stories inside of them. You know, it could be fiction, could be nonfiction, could be a cookbook, could be anything. And um, like my friend Kara, she wrote a book about glamping and about making mead. Stuff she does all the time. And, you know, a lot of people take for granted, you know, like, oh, I just, I'm just good at that. People like it, but I don't need to write a book. Um, people buy Kara's mead book all the time. She's making mead for her um, son's wedding um, this year. And um, she used, like, that recipe is, like, one that I've made. And I can make it work. I can make it work. Anyone can make it work. So you should also look up Kara Schultz and her mead book. You know, it's, I think it's $2.99. It's very reasonable. And you have everything in that book that you need to learn how to make mead. So I'm plugging books today um, before I get into my NaNoWriMo spiel. But um, God, I was, Allison, I was going to just show the, her Amazon page. <laughs> There it is. Oh, she's M. Allison Sabo. Let's see. I'm going to click on that and see if it shows her page. Oh, you need an Amazon page. I can't get to it. I don't know. You probably do, but I'm not seeing it. Um, but if you Google or, you you know, you, you Amazon look her up, you'll see it. Also, what just came out, um, since I'm plugging books, is the brand new Fire and Faith Clarion Call. Agora's uh, Writer's Workshop um, that uh, a lot of great, wonderful people have worked on this year, including myself a little bit. And um, the writers are amazing in it. I, it is available on Amazon right now. You can get it both as a Kindle book or as a paperback. And they are totally fantastic. Um, you know, like I'll post links because you know how it is. I'm going to be posting links. We're doing like shout outs today. Um, but you know, the hard work that goes into Agoras Writers Workshop is, uh, Genesis Mickle is the editor in chief and she puts all of her heart into this. And there's a great team of people that have been, um, volunteering and working on this. And I am just so impressed with the work that they've done on this. So you really need to go check it out. The whole series is amazing. I have a couple of short stories in, in a couple of different volumes. And uh, I'm going to tell you, the next one is one I'm super excited about. Um, let me just post a link to that. Let's see. Okay. I'm going to see if they have it on their page. And the Agoras Writers Workshop um, page, website. Let's see. Call for submissions. Yes. Okay. This is important. This is the stuff. Because I'm going to be talking about NaNoWriMo. You might be afraid to write a whole book. A lot of us are, right? So the thing that you want to look at is um, maybe start with a short story. This is what a lot of people, you know, it's 
not a huge time commitment. Um, it's fun. Um, this is a great Liberty theme. And if you're watching my show, you're kind of interested in Liberty and freedom, not having censorship, um, not being oppressed. You know, you're already interested, right? You're already a little bit there. Um, do you also like cats? Because the theme this year is cats. And it is the Whisker Rebellion, I have to add. Let's see. Let me add a new screen. Da, 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 da. Here we go. There, there, there. How's that? There it is. Okay. So Whisker Rebellion is volume six. And they're doing uh, another libertarian fiction um, multi-author anthology. So short stories, right? Um, there's different lengths that they accept. Um, like they'll be like super short stories are okay. Um, you know, like normal mid-range, um, like, you know, enough to get like, like a part of a story. It's not a novel. You're not writing a whole novel. But um, it's a fun kind of exercise in trying to find something that you care about and also make it entertaining. So um, this is the thing. Um, it's a little different this year. They've changed it up. They're going to have a cat theme. Um, cats is the first time. Um, if you prefer Anarch cats. So you could have like an anarchy cat theme. Um, doing whatever the heck they want. Because cats, cats are like rebels in their own way. Um, pro and novice writers are welcome. Um, there's no uh, like submission fee. It's free to submit. Um, your short story must have one or more cats as main character. Be pro-liberty or libertarian message. So, you know, if you're confused, ask. But, um, you know, definitely look up what libertarian values are. Google it. Um, if you're not sure, ask the editors. You know, that's a good thing to do. All genres accepted. So you can have space cats. You can have danger cats, mystery cats. You can have um, just like real life cats, you know, like from their point of view, what's going on. Um, cats, right? Okay, so the deadline this year is December 31st. So you got time yet. It's like almost the end of October. You'll have two months. So if you're a little scared about doing a NaNoWriMo, why not instead do a Whisker Rebellion story? If you love writing about cats or you always wanted to write a story about a cat, this is your chance. You could be a published author. And you know, Nothing gets you more excited about writing than seeing your name in print the first time. So rip that band-aid off. Get going on it. Um, here is the website. I'm going to post it in the comments. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. You know what? I had no plan today on this. I was like, I'm going to talk about NaNoWriMo. And I'm like, you know what? I want to talk about Agorist Writers Workshop. Hi, Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> here is the oh yep there it is there is I, I posted it to all the pages so um a gorse writers workshop like check it out um the whisker rebellion it's going to be amazingly fun i'm super excited about this edition and i'm gonna write for it because i can't wait i want to get something in i have a couple ideas i'm trying to narrow it down um, and the problem is I also kind of want to write for NaNoWriMo. I, I get this way every year. I, I have a huge idea and then I get derailed because this is our busiest time of the semester too. But 
I think at least I want to get the Whisker Rebellion story done. So I think it'll be so fun. Uh, oh, yes, we will do that. Um, the Facebook page. Um, if you want to, you can share it. Um, I'm going to like post. Uh, I, I can we can do a link to this if you want to. Um, Genesis, that would be awesome. Um, if nothing else, I just think everybody should know that this is coming up and, and the, the deadline, you know, two months, it, it can go really fast. So um, what I, my plan is this next couple weeks is come up with a plan for my Whisker Rebellion story. You know, I like to do plot points. I always um, do a basic outline for a story. I think of, you know, what is the main thing I want to see? You know, sometimes I just get like a glimpse of a story, you know, like cats sitting on a spaceship, you know, looking out and they have just destroyed uh, a huge um, evil like space station and they're purring and, you know, like, where do you go from there? You know, what, what is it? You know? Oh yes, definitely. I, I will, I will send, go to the Facebook Agoras Writers Workshop too, if you have questions and thoughts about it. But like you start with an idea and then you branch off. Well, who are the characters? Um, where does it take place? You know, what time period? Uh, what what genre are you thinking of writing? Is this going to be horror? Is it going to be sci-fi? Is it going to be romance, mystery? You know, anything goes, really. Um, how are you going to tie in the main theme? Oh, yes, you have to do a hard cider book, Kara. You do. And... Uh, I mean, this is a great time of year to do it because we're kind of stuck at home. It's a pandemic. What are you going to do? Where are you going? Right? Um, yes, there's elections going on. It's a big presidential year. But isn't it nice to think of something else? You know, like break a little bit of your time. I, a lot of people I know, they put just put maybe an hour or even a half hour. Some people do half an hour at the beginning of the day, half an hour at the end of the day, or wherever they can fit it in. Some people do little chunks throughout the day. They write it when they think of it. You know, what works for you? Some people have to plan. They got to plan it to out to heck. Other people are, they write by the seat of their pants. You know, you kind of know yourself. I think in general, though, most people uh, do a lot better with staying on task if they have an outline. Because then you know, you, there's a direction you're going towards. Sometimes you have to go back and fix you know, what's going on in the middle, but you know, like it's not impossible to do. So like, if you're not even sure where to start, sometimes it's just having something like I can write a story about cats that gets you like narrowed down. And I know um, this is something that students that uh, come to my, my college all the time and ask me, you know, like for help about narrowing down the research, sometimes just having it smaller, all of a sudden, then it's then it kicks off, you know, like going, oh, it's about cats. Okay, now I have a good idea. But if it's like it can be anything, they get overwhelmed and like I, uh, I don't, I can't, I don't even want to do it. So, you know, narrow down, you know, what you're excited about, and have you always wanted, you know, do you have a passion for a certain kind of style of writing? Sometimes it's good to not do that, you know, if like you've only written sci-fi. Maybe go out of your comfort zone. Maybe write something like mystery, you know. 
if there's a show you saw on TV that you've been obsessed about, like um, like decorating, you could have like mystery cats, you know, like they're, you know, they're, it's a decorating show, but these cats have been in the background watching like this lady decorate and then her husband gets murdered and um, the cats kind of pull, pull, pull together, you know, I mean, like it could be anything, geez, you know, like I love brainstorming. My big problem I'll say this in life in general is uh, just sticking to the thing, you know, like I love, I love brainstorming. I love coming up with ideas for crazy stories. And honestly, I can come up with really great stories, but the difference between me and published authors is um, published novelists is that I get sick of the story about halfway and then I abandon it. And I, I'm like, I have so many NaNoWriMo's in my past that um, I just like, Ugh. also life, you know, I get it. It's hard. But why not have one amazing thing come out of this year? One good thing, you know, like if it's been a crappy year, you might have gotten laid off. You might have had bad crap happen. You know, why not have... If you've always wanted to write a book, you've always wanted to write maybe a memoir, you've always wanted to write something, you maybe even want to write just like a, a manual, you know, like maybe Kara wanted to write her, her cider book. I got to see what Michael's saying. Uh, it does, isn't seem like it shows up in my uh, stream yard. So I got to kind of go and like glance at my Liberty Librarian page and see. Let's see. I'm going to look real quick. I see something popping up and I can't see what it is. So, and that always bugs me because I'm like, oh, I, want, I might want to comment on that. You never know. <laughs> oh, Rory's here again. What the heck, Rory? No one wants this. Or does everyone want this? Yes, he's very nosy today. I can't see what it is. I'm going to have to wait till the show's over because if I push play on that, get off of your cat. Um, so hi Michael. I, I see that you you wrote something, but I can't see if it was a picture or something. So I'll have to look at that. Um, definitely, definitely check out you know NaNoWriMo, the main website. It's really easy to get to. Um, you, it's like I'll look it up. See, I'm all over the place today too. I'm actually really excited about NaNoWriMo, and I just really wish. Out of all of my three ideas, I could have one that I'm just like, yep, this is exactly what I'm doing, and it will be fine. Okay, it's nanorimo.org. I'm just going to copy and paste the address into my comments. Here you go. There you go. So please do um, check out the Agoras Writers Workshop for the, the Whisker Rebellion. I think it's going to be awesome fun. And, um, and if you're interested in writing anything, um, all you got to do is make an account for NaNoWriMo, and then uh, it's easy. It's easy. My name on it is Hathor, H-A-T-H-O-R. If you are a writer, um, friend me on it, and we will be buddies, and I will cheer you on because I'm excited for you. And join uh, Liberty NaNoWriMo. Uh, and that's my little Facebook group. It's not been as active as lately, but Allison has been posting great stuff to it. And she has lots of great tips. She's published. She has a bunch of different books coming out. So 
um, she's the one to model for it, not me, because I am the more the, I have really great ideas. I know I do. I know they're great ideas. Dang it. But dang it. Um, <laughs> it's like, ooh, you rock. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I, I'm hopeful that uh, I can start getting my outlines together for both my uh, Whisker Rebellion story and my NaNoWriMo uh, novel and get both kind of knocked out. Usually my short stories, um, like those go really quick. You have a couple books and major motion picture help. You can do this. I have some great tips. So if you go to the, um, the Liberty NaNoWriMo this month, what I will post is I have this one um, outline maker that I is like, I swear by, I think it's the greatest. It's like a, you know, it shows you how to block your story out so you can get um, three main points for each section. And, uh, you know, it tells you when things should happen. And I think that is just a great, really helpful thing for me to make sure my pacing is right. Um, almost all novels, successful novels, follow this kind of um layout where you have like your your peak and it always looks backwards but our peak of uh the i want to go this way there peak of you know the action and then a new jesus christ you can do anything michael you dream it you do it you dream it you do it that's the thing is like people will tell you like oh i don't like that idea f them you know, F those guys. You can do whatever the hell you want. I think that some of the greatest stories, um, the most popular stories, have sometimes been the most batshit crazy ones. Like the, the guy who wrote the porn about dinosaurs, like he won an award for that because he is so out there. So I don't care, you know, like you write, you do you. And there is an audience for just about everything. And with Publishing the way it is now, you don't have to even go through a gatekeeper. You can self-publish and you you can make money doing it. Um, if if some people really want to have the the pat on the back and getting um, like big name publishers, and more power to you. The money isn't there the way it used to be. Um, you have to be like a top ten best you know New York bestseller you know like big name. Like you gotta be the Stephen Kings and there's not many people that are like that. And, but, but who's to say it's not you. It could be you. It could be you. And that's why I'm really excited about it. I, I really think that there's gotta be some good stories that even come out of this year. You know, I, I think one of the mistakes we make as humans is we discount what we're all going through right now. But this is history this year. So why not, uh, you know, if you've like encountered some things, you know, you might have been a part of the riots. You might have been a part of, you know, like something frontline for the pandemic. You know, if you're a nurse or a doctor, you know, you, you could be someone who family and <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going on a roll, dude. Um, you know, it's, it is so worth it to be able to go out there and, you know, like get your ideas out there, save, save your history.
and not, and you know, I, I've read a bunch of books on writing memoirs and someday I have a memoir in me, but I, I've always been, you know, you get afraid. And I think as women, like a lot of times women get um, afraid of bragging or afraid of like, oh, drawing attention to yourself. It, you know, I want to be humble and I want to do this. But sometimes you need to toot your own horn and you need to um, market yourself and get get your own voice heard, you know. And this is men and women everywhere. I actually watched um, StreamYard, which I use for my hosting, um, actually <laughs> actually had a, a really good show the other day. Hmm. I almost got to look up the lady's name. She has a book coming out too. Um, she was talking, she works with a lot of Hollywood people and she was talking about um, marketing yourself and, you know, getting, showing people that you're an expert in your field and working on that. And I think that's kind of amazing. You know, why not? Why not have it? So you're telling people, you know, like this one, I know, you know, I'm an expert in this or, you know what, I'm going to, I, I am passionate about writing fiction about, um, I don't know, everything in a kitchen from A to Z, and it's going to be a mystery for each one. You know, it's sort of been done before, but, you know, do it. Be the best at it, though, you know, and then make sure you tell people. That's the worst is, like, you might have read an awesome book, but if you don't tell people and you don't get out there, uh, what the hell, you know? Like, you need to share that you are awesome. And marketing is one of the hardest things for me. Um, I have friends and I, I, you know, I was talking with a couple of people the other day about, you know, their marketing experience and sales. And it was like, it, the, like the, the blinds came off and I went, well, you know what? Like there is like a whole different mindset to marketing and self-marketing and promotion that people who are writers, a lot of introverts like myself, uh, they don't they don't see it. They think, oh, I wrote it. If you build it, they will come. And I hate to tell you, they do not. Um, it's very rare that you have a word of mouth thing where people are just like, this book is freaking amazing. And they just go, and it goes. Because really, a lot of people, when they see the books, um, librarians are a lot of times your biggest promoters. I'm just going to say, so, you know, if we don't see your book and it's not, um, one that we can buy and it's, there's not a lot of like people talking about it. Um, we're not going to promote it. So I always recommend, I mean, I just went to a virtual book festival here in Mankato and it was great. I get to see local publishers and um, talk online with uh, like local lo local uh, authors and like all sorts of genres. And, you know, just having a little bit of, um, I don't know, you know, just a little bit more contact with other people in your community. Um, like, I want to go check out their books now. You know, I want to buy them for our libraries because, you know, there's nothing better than having a collection that includes local authors. So um, make sure that if you get your book done, you get out there and you, you talk to local libraries and go, hey, I just wrote a book. And they might go, cool, because we love having authors come to our libraries 
and we want you guys to succeed. That's all I want. I want more writers. I want, I never want to live in a world where we have no writing, no dreams on paper, you know, even if it gets all translated into Netflix shows, I don't care. People are still reading, especially now. I mean, you know, like libraries are still busy. We're still checking out books. We're, we have eBooks up the wazoo, you know, like you have not chosen like you have chosen the best time to write a book right now. Start writing. If you have it in you, do it. Just do it. For God's sakes, do it. So you got 10 days to prepare. Then I expect you all to write at least a Whisker Rebellion story. Do it. I mean, like I can see a couple people are already interested. Then in November, at, at the very end, the last day, you know, you either get done with your story or let's say you have a novel and then you want to write a story. You, you have time. Um, December is when you start editing. That's editing month. And you get that stuff done. And some people then once it's edited, you have a few people read it. Um, you know, it's just get that out there, you know, it's, it's not a problem. You can submit it to the big publishers. You can submit it to, um, like if there's call for short stories, you can send a chapter of it and see if there's interest. Sometimes the best short stories turn into full novels. So if you find a character you fall in love with, keep writing it, you know, make a novel out of that. Why not? Like a lot of the big authors, that's what they do. They get like a little scene in their head and they write that out and people love that and then all of a sudden they're like you know what i could turn this into a whole book do it so national novel writing month ghost writers workshop check them out definitely so much fun so that's the fun stuff for today i have a few things of intellectual freedom news that i wanted to cover before we end the show i got three good ones today um as you know i get a lot of my news from uh, the American Library Association Intellectual Freedom blog news um, every week on Friday. They come out with uh, lots of stories from all around the globe about uh, privacy issues, data mining, um, banned books, everything, you know. So if you can't get enough of the news stuff, um, that's where I would go if I were you. Because I just always pick out a couple of them to share and I love them and it's, I could go all day, but I think it would pretty much melt most of you down. So I think it's kind of cool. I got a few really good ones today. Um, the FCC, okay, this one's from The Verge, and it is uh, the FCC will move to regulate social media after censorship outcry. Okay, so there was a whirlwind moderation debate. And what's interesting about this is it ties into our elections this year. Um, FCC Communications Commission Chairman Ajit Pai said that agency will seek to regulate social media platforms like Facebook and Twitter at the behest of the Trump administration's executive order signed earlier this year. Now, mm. members of all three branches of the federal government have expressed serious concerns about the prevailing interpretation of the immunity set for Section 230 of the Communications Act. This Communications Act makes me very nervous. 
there's a bipartisan support in Congress to reform the law, Pai said in a uh, statement on Thursday. Social media companies have a First Amendment right to free speech, but they do not have a First Amendment right to special immunity denied to other media outlets such as newspapers and broadcasters. And I'm going to get to why that's different. Okay, so in May, Donald Trump signed an executive order targeting tech companies like Facebook, Google, and Section 230s of the Communications Act, um, the pivotal internet law that provides them broad legal immunity over content posted by their users. So this is why we're seeing a lot of people moving to Maywe and off of Facebook is because in October of this year, we're having more and more uh, conservative opinions banned, more and more libertarian um, more and more um, anything that is what they consider questionable content. And so basically, there's no discourse. If you are not of the popular opinion, um, you could get banned at any moment. So this is part of um, this big snowball of everything getting out of control. Um, the pivotal internet law that provides them the Section 230 of the Communications Act. This um, provides some broad legal immunity over content posted by their users. The order instructed the Commerce Department to draft a petition prompting the FCC to reinterpret the law. The department submit, submitted this petition in July. So what has happened since then? On Thursday, uh, Pai said that the commission's general counsel said that, quote, the FCC has a legal authority to reinterpret Section 230, um, he said that consistent with this advice, I intend to move forward with a rulemaking to clarify its meaning. Yeah, I know it, right? Freedom of speech is a right. <laughs> no man made it so no man can unmake it. I get you. I get you, man. So the FCC did not immediately respond to requests for comment from The Verge seeking clarification on what the rulemaking process is. So they're saying they can reinterpret it, FCC can reinterpret it, um, but they're not showing how they're reinterpreting it. They're not, um, they're not having uh, transparency is the word I'm looking for. So we are in the midst of an election. The president's executive order on Section 230 was politically motivated. Um, a lot of uh, people believe that he's using this to um, give himself an edge in the election, which I can see. Um, and it is legally unsound, said the Democrat commissioner, Jeffrey Starks, in a statement on Thursday to the Hill. The FCC shouldn't do the president's bidding here. Now, Political uh, motivations aside, both sides um, can benefit from this in different ways. It's the people who are being hurt by this. Um, the big two parties are abusing Facebook to the extreme. It's third parties that are getting squashed the most by these rules. So um, for them to think that he's going to win because of it is silly um, in the same way that um, to think that Biden could win from it would be silly. I think it is definitely um, obscuring the truth and making it, uh, it's difficult. Um, and you know what? Opinions are part of what Facebook is about, right? And that's one of the things that truth 
is what you have facts to support it, right? But sometimes to get to the truth, people uh, can skew facts. They can they can change things to have different meanings. You know, they'll take a quote out of context. And, you know, I think one of the things that is great about America is the chance that we can have to argue and uh, discover other, you know, intentions, other um, sides of stories. You know, I think we're really missing out when we let these big companies decide what we see and what we don't see and who can be there and who can be a part of the process. So Pai's decision to move forward with rulemaking follows a series of moderation decisions um, last Wednesday by Facebook and Twitter against the New York Post article regarding former President, Vice President Joe uh, Biden's son, Hunter Biden, who is the subject of political attacks from the right throughout the 2020 presidential election. Although I did see a picture of him with a crack pipe, might've been a meth pipe. I don't know. Um, I really don't know the difference, but sleeping with that. So um, people um, can say what they want and does it matter? I don't care really if somebody, if somebody's son does drugs, what does that have to do with the president? Honestly, probably not a lot um, or vice president. I mean, um, but Facebook reduced the reach of the story saying it was eligible for third party fact checking. Twitter went even further banning linking to the story entirely in a thread Wednesday night, Twitter cited a 2018 rule against posting hacked information as justification for this decision. So even if it's newsworthy, if it's hacked, they can't use it. So what about something like Watergate, you know, where you get secret information taken? Um, where, where does this end? You know, if, if it's the truth, the truth should be the thing that we focus on. So these moves from Facebook and Twitter incited an outcry over conservative bias from Republicans. And we're seeing a lot of people leaving Facebook right now. Um, on Thursday, Republicans on the Senate Judiciary Committee signaled that they would subpoena Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey to testify about the decision at a hearing on October 23rd, tomorrow. So we'll be hearing more about this in the news. This, election, this is election interference, and there we are 19 days out from the election, they said last Thursday, from Ted Cruz. Republican from Texas. So never before have we seen active censorship of major press publication with serious allegations of corruption of one of the two candidates for president. So this is going on right now and people are unaware. Now, here is my aside on all of that. Um, we should have we should have access to whistleblowers, right? What happens to whistleblowers? What? Why can't we publish this information? Um, yes, with news we have to check the facts. We have to make sure it's legit. That's this is part of the news process. What's um, saying if it's hacked? How do you know if something's hacked or not? Um, sometimes the hackers are the ones that are cracking the stories, and. You know, even if it's something that, you know, if we got something hacked from the president and it was true, he'd just say it's hacked. 
And would they throw that out because it was hacked, even if it's true? Um, at what point is legality and truth, you know, where, where does that intersect? And I think that is an important part of this is that I know they, they feel like they have to protect us. And there's bullying and crazy stuff on the internet and hacking and all sorts of stuff. But ultimately, if you're doing bad shit, people are going to find out and they're going to bring it to the light. And I would hope that these companies aren't using these um, little tools to protect their own. And I saw some sort of meme the, like today or yesterday that was about um, like, oh, it was like the Clintons and the Trumps all hanging out. And somebody had said, you know, is this all like their game? And then they had a George. Um, oh, God, my brain just went blank. Car Carlin, George Carlin, um, the comedian, had a, a quote about, you know what, there's... Um, they're the ones playing the game and we aren't even in the game, you know, something like that. You know, it's all about like the people at the top, they run all of it. They help each other. It doesn't even mean that, you know, they don't even have to be on the same side, guys. They can be Republicans. They can be Democrats. If you're not in their little pool, um, they're, you're not playing. They may do shit to mess with each other, but just know that they're not going to be doing any of us any favors um they they're going to protect their own and make sure that they're all like if something comes on to them the spotlight turns to them that they're protected too and and that's the way it is i mean i i don't want it to be that way but this is the kind of stuff that you're going to see time and time again and that's why when they say that they want to change the rules to make it so they can have more censorship on sites like Facebook. And they're giving preferential treatment to certain social media companies. Maybe it's time to leave. You know, I, 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 I always, am, you know, I like Facebook. This is where I've been for so long, but maybe it is. So on that note, we will talk about um, TikTok. Yes, sure. unbiased journalism. Mm. This is actually pretty good. It's grown on me. Um, okay, TikTok and the First Amendment. Some from Slate. Sometimes I don't like their stuff, but I like this one. TikTok users have free speech rights, and the courts should pay attention. This is another kind of tied to Trump sort of thing, weirdly. I wasn't thinking about all of this stuff, but I think a lot of the things in the news right now are tied to presidential in a lot of ways, just because it's law and everything. But um, as you know, uh, uh, our federal government has tried to put a target on TikTok, the little app where they do the cutesy little short videos. And I had never had TikTok before this last month, but um, I had heard that they were going to ban it. And I, of course, downloaded it because I'm like, I'm not, not having TikTok. If... It's banned because once you it's banned, you can't get it. You know, there's ways, but um, I'm not smart enough to figure out how to put that on my phone. So I can do like this now. And then if I want to watch it more later, I can. And what's interesting about the potential ban on TikTok is that 
the reasoning behind it was that it was tracking people and it's a Chinese company and it, and then the other side was that um, like Trump's worried about China. And so he thinks they're all trying to spy and everything. And they could be, you never know. Um, but Trump's administration, August 6th um, executive order. So August, since back in August 6th, it was supposed to be banned from TikTok and other Chinese apps, um, the app called WeChat, and it was supposed to be a national security threat. So I have this national security threat on my phone. Moink. You know, um, but as courts review the order, they aren't paying much attention to the First Amendment speech rights of the TikTok users. That's a major oversight because the First Amendment should save TikTok. Um, and the major courts need to agree. So they've ke they kept pushing back the ban. And it got pushed back again. Um, God, what date too is it? It's, they keep looking at it. They need more time, right? So the Fifth Amendment um, due process violations... Um, were what they're centering their argue, arguments around in the beginning. The government was demanding a sale of the company with some part of the proceeds going to the U.S. Treasury. Isn't that batshit bonkers that they want to break up a company because they're a threat to them? <laughs> I Thank you, Michael. I appreciate you, too. And um, so the Fifth Amendment... Um, it was a part of it, but okay. So the, they wanted to break this company up and take the money like a bunch of robbers. Can you believe that shit? I can't. Well, I can, I totally can. Um, but they wanted without giving the company a chance to defend itself from the charge that it was a national security threat. Okay. Like, a freaking little it's sort of like vines you know like you remember the old vine app yeah um it's like that and you know like keep people doing the challenge like the cinnamon challenge and like the skateboard thing with the jug of juice you know what the hell you know like this is not like we're trading secrets we're trading them all no this this is freaking tiktok now more reasonable would be like, hey, you need to make this more this app more secure. We're afraid that it could be a national security hazard. And this is why. Um, fix this, or then we're gonna say you're a national security hazard. They didn't give them any chance to go, what what are you doing to prevent this from happening or bad things from happening? And so basically they're targeting it, and it is a Chinese originated company, and it feels dirty the the reasoning behind it that's why i, I got i downloaded it because i'm like well if they don't like it i totally like it now <laughs> um so a similar suit popped up in a federal court in san francisco brought by a tiktok employee patrick ryan who worried that he cashing his paycheck could be an act of treason under the broad language of the president's order so employees are worried that they are now treasonous individuals who could be in, imprisoned just because they're associated with that company. And it is a valid concern. So um, disclosure, this person uh, who's writing this is executive director of the First Amendment Clinic at the Sandra Day O'Connor College of Law at Arizona State University and wrote a friend of the court brief with the Electronic Frontier, Frontier Foundation at, in this case, SU is a partner with Slate 
in New America in the future tense. So it makes sense if they're a partner, you know, that's a, a lot of authors or academics in there. So this happened. Again, the case relied on the First Amendment with no reference to the user's rights, but after the Fifth Amendment, I'm sorry, no reference to the user's rights. So they're not talking about the First Amendment yet. But after the government promised not to enforce the order against employees for being paid by the company, the suit was rendered moot. Um, at least WeChat users saw a little respect from saw a little respect from the federal court examining the similar attempt to shut down the service. On September 20th, the court was persuaded that because the service is a primary source of communication and commerce for its Chinese American users, it's pro it provides news and social media activities in Chinese and allows them contact with users in China where other American social media platforms are restricted. The users had demonstrated serious First Amendment concerns that are the equivalent of censorship of speech or prior restraint on the service. So that decision was just a preliminary injunction and the Trump administration, administration is now back in court to convince a judge to overturn the WeChat uh, injunction. So it goes on and on. Why are they so laser focused on these Chinese companies? That is the actual problem behind it. And it's opening the doors. So if they can limit free speech on Chinese apps just by saying it's for safety and national security, what's to say that they wouldn't move on to Facebook and say, I'm going to limit your, yeah, they, are, they probably are. I don't get it. If TikTok is on your phone, they're probably... Listen, you know what? They could listen to every app you have. I mean, Facebook is always listening. Google is always listening. Don't have your phone next to you. If you're worried about it, put it in um, one of those boxes. That they have cases that can block out signals. But then you're not going to get texts and you're not going to get calls. You know what? That's the way the phones work. There are better phones out there, but you got to spend some money. So, yes, you are absolutely right. I don't get it. I know. I, I do get it. But like part of me is like you get to the point where like, can you care anymore? Can how much can you care? Like to the point where you're like a hermit or you're throwing rocks off of your, your like, get off my lawn. You know, like everybody, you, you feel like you have to isolate yourself. I get it. I know what you mean. But they, you know what, if you if you trust one app and you don't, I mean, you, why, what makes you trust one app over the other? Like all the social media apps are pretty much um, spying on you. It's just the way it is. So either you don't trust them all or you trust all of them. I mean, that's, I, I'm pretty open, you know, like if I'm sure there's some FBI file on me right now where they're just being like, yeah, she's, not a threat but we're gonna watch her that's the way it goes so anyway so the, these disputes are a bit a much amid a much a much bigger i can talk with a bigger conversation over legal rights and obligations of social media companies even as courts have made clear in recent years that these forums deserve strong legal protections the u.s supreme court in 2017, struck down a North Carolina law barring registered sex offenders from using the internet and social media platforms in Peckingham versus North Carolina. That, that decision's First Amendment findings were firmly rooted in a case from 20 years before, Reno versus American Civil Liberties Union, ACLU. 
when social media as we know it today didn't exist. So because of uh, some of the new ways that social media is and the turnaround and yeah, it's just so much. So TikTok takes things a step further. Uh, posts made to the platform are widely shared, often connected by themes. In fact, the algorithm <laughs> words um, that chooses to show a user what is credited to TikTok's popularity and its ultimate ownership is that um, it's sticking point to the sale of the company. So it has um, proprietorship of um, how their data is um, used and targeted to you. Yeah, it's scary. You know, when you really think about how much they know you more than you know you, it's pretty crazy. I almost bought a dang thing today because I was looking on Facebook and they had these, it's like hand weights, but like they, you know, they look like bracelets and they actually look like cute bracelets. And I was like, oh, because I have, I use um like leg um leg weights you know when i get really hardcore into exercising and i was like ooh, i could wear those bracelets all day no one would know i'm totally exercising all the time and all of a sudden i'm like damn it how did i didn't even know i wanted that how did they know i wanted that damn thing yeah it's it's that crazy so anyway um supreme court um, has most re clearly recognized the interplay of the context of the Fourth Amendment in uh, 1965 case Stanford versus Texas, where a search warrant implicates First Amendment interests. The warrant requirement to particularly describe the things to be seized is to be accorded the most scrupulous exactitude when thing the things are books. No less standard could be faithful to the First Amendment freedoms. These rights also require limited activity by the government not sweeping decisions to shut down an entire social media platform. The high court held in 1963 because First Amendment freedoms need breathing space to survive. Government may regulate in the area only with narrow specificity. The court will not presume that the statute curtails constitutionality, protected activity as little as possible. So rewind it up. There's a national security threat due to, if there is a national security threat, due to you access of users' information by foreign powers, that access can be regulated consistent with the First and Fifth Amendments by imposing controls on monitoring or reporting user data on user data, for instance. But the social media platform cannot be silenced. So, well, TikTok does make you painless. I mean, I've watched, <laughs> I'm just going to point that out. Yes, it does. It's silly. I can't watch it for very long. There's some cute shit on it. It's not. It's just like fluff. I'm not worried about TikTok. Um, but I am worried about uh, the government wanting to break up a company and take all the money because they are saying that it's a national security threat when it isn't. And they don't have any rights, as even as a company, to defend themselves. So... What's to say they could go into other small businesses and say, you're a national security threat. We're going to take your business. We're not giving you any rights. We're just taking it. You know, when you start with this and they can just say it's because of safety and it's China. Um, what's to stop the next thing from happening? So that's what I'm worried about. And that's one of the things that's in the news. Um, I didn't get to the Google is a search monopoly. Justice Department has a landmark antitrust suit about it. 
go to Cena if you want to read more. But that one's a really interesting one, too. But I have run out of time because I got chatty today. And there's so many people and so many comments. I'm sorry I couldn't address all of them. But it is flooding because I see the Facebook section was a ton and YouTube there was a ton. So thank you all for watching today. This is great. I love getting to chat with you guys. Start thinking your story ideas, okay? Um, I'm going to start working on that too. Yes, it's critical mass about social media. You are so right. It is, I, I can't even say what's going to happen next. I think some of them are going to implode. And maybe it's about time. Maybe we need to come up with something new, something different. We need to protect our our privacy and our data. And I think you should have ownership of the information about you. That's the ultimate thing. So I hope you guys have a great week. I went way over again. I'm just so chatty today. I'm sorry. I love, I love getting to hang out with you guys. So I hope you all have the greatest, greatest of weeks. Um, you know, if you have questions or thoughts about stuff, send me send me stuff in uh, the Liberty Library and Facebook page or on the YouTube page, and I will take a look and try to get back to you. Ah, thank you guys for watching. I hope you have like the best week ever. So hang in there, and uh, next week will be a Halloween special. So I will be dressed up. I was going to dress up today, but. You know, this like month with the winter and everything has been, bleh. but I for sure will dress up in Halloween gear next week. Next week is all about Halloween and I'm on it. I'm on it. Okay. And we will talk about scary stuff next week. I, I know my theme will be, I'm narrowing it down. It's going to be Halloween themed. So see you next week. Have a great week. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.